there's a con man in Congress, or maybe he's just an impulsive liar. Oh, wait, no, maybe it's that he's a fraudster. Well, maybe we just don't know who he is. But one thing we do know is that he is not his biography. But who could I be talking about exactly? Well, it's George Santos, if that even is his real name. And at first, I kind of thought that was just a funny little joke to throw in the script. But no, seriously, George Santos might actually for real not even be his real name. His legal name literally can't be confirmed. And we're pretty damn sure it's Anthony DeVolder, but that's just the beginning of this mess. The walking, living, breathing contradiction, as he's been called, Republican congressman. His original biography was inspiring and perfect for someone in the political space. Almost too perfect almost like it was specifically designed to make people feel for him and root for him to win. But that's just crazy talk, right? No one would really just make up their entire life story to release the most perfect story in order to get elected into politics, right? Well, about that. According to George Santos, he grew up the son of immigrants. His mother was in the South Tower on September 11th, 2001. And depending on who you ask, she might have died that day but she also may have died a few years later. We're a little fuzzy on the details, apparently. Now, after surviving that horrific occurrence, Santos did everything in his power to become a well-educated, successful businessman. And that's exactly what he did. At least that's what he told everyone when he entered the world of politics. And he came in with a big splash. He is the first openly gay, maybe Republican to be elected to Congress. He promised to be strong and fight against the biggest powers, including, of course, the evil weevil Democrats. But he may never get a chance because you see, everything I just told you is allegedly a lie. His resume has been deeply embellished. And to be perfectly honest with you, nobody really knows who this man is. He didn't work on Wall Street, but he may have been involved in a massive Ponzi scheme. He might not actually have the riches he promised, but he might have broken a few dozen campaign finance laws. He definitely didn't go to college, but he may have committed tax fraud in Brazil. The truth is no one's actually entirely sure what happened in the life of George Santos, but we're working to figure it out. As each new lie comes to the surface for the newly elected congressman, the story just gets more bizarre and more complicated. So we're gonna try and get to the bottom of this. Who exactly is the con man in Congress and what has he been up to? Who is George Santos? I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust for a lot of reasons. $625,000 Santos marked as self-funded may not be after all. I manage a $1.5 billion fund, right? And I know how to manage it well. I give record is The Democrats decided it was the appropriate thing to defund the police in New York City in the, mid- in the midst of riots that were taking place in our city where really you can go to jail for wanting to shop at Macy's. But- Hello everyone and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays. I'm the Illuminati and today we're going to be talking about the elusive lying George Santos. And by the way, this episode was written about a week ago. Every day things are changing. So if by this point when this episode goes live, there've been more major developments, I'm sorry, but that's why they're not in the episode because it's just that insane. At first, George Santos was the embodiment of the American dream. He was everything the country has promised us for decades. A success story who worked through adversity to find himself at the pinnacle of American politics. His life seemed like a damn movie plot and his new election in Long Island allowed his Republican buddies to seize control of Congress when their supposed red wave wound up being a little bit more of a trickle. But 
the celebration of his victory in his life would come too soon. Now, he's more of a cautionary tale of how we really need to do better fucking background checks of people running for elections in this country. On December 19th, 2022, the New York Times released a groundbreaking story. It was one we have never seen the likes of before, and it detailed the various lies the congressman had spewed as he blazed through his campaign trail. As it turns out, his resume seemed too good to be true because it seems like it was all made up. While Santos claimed that he had worked his way to being a high-ranking employee at the likes of Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, the two firms on Wall Street could not seem to solidify this. And that seems awfully odd. You would think that two of the biggest companies on Wall Street would remember such an employee, especially someone that was now running for Congress. But okay, fine, that's one little white lie. It's kind of a big white lie, but whatever, we're just gonna go with it. It can't get much worse than that, could it? Well, hold your horses, partner, and we're gonna back up his story that came from college. Now, he claimed to be the son of immigrants who was the first of his family to go to school. And that's always wonderful to hear. And according to him, he did it. He attended Baruch College and he was even on the volleyball team. He led them to a victory in the league championship. So what a stud, right? Well, he didn't actually go to that college, at least not according to the administrators who were called by the New York Times. That means he also didn't play on the volleyball team either, which of all things to make up, why did you choose volleyball? Could football, baseball, any of those, you know, all American sports that people are obsessed with, but whatever, I guess. Eventually though, Santos did finally admit to the New York Post of all places that he in fact had never gone to college, but there is of course more because of course there is. Something bizarre happened back in July, though it didn't seem to reach the mainstream media the way you would expect. In that month, George Santos replied to a tweet from someone with the username, 9-11 was a victimless crime. First things first, fuck that person, but they're not who we're talking about right now. We're talking about little old Georgie boy who responded by writing this. 9-11 claimed my mother's life, so I'm blocking so I don't ever have to read this again. And that's a bit odd because according to his bio, while his mom was in the South Tower to face the horrifying tragedy, she somehow also survived. So why is he saying now that she didn't? To make matters worse, We're not even sure if she worked there at all. The last job listed under her public employment records was a company in Queens that closed in 1994. According to the New York Times, she wasn't even a financial executive as he had claimed. Just recently, news came out that she wasn't even in the country when 9-11 happened. But also according to George, his mom also died in 2016 from cancer and that he was actually helping pay her medical bills and went into debt because of her sickness. Once again, he says, The story of his mom has changed an insane amount of times. No one knows which version is the truth and which version is the lie. It seems pretty clear that she likely wasn't there during 9-11, which is just outstandingly messed up. Like who actually lies about their parent being a victim in the most massive terrorist attack in the United States? Well, someone who apparently lies about their fucking grandparents being victims of the Holocaust. That's who, and yes, You heard that correctly. I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust. During an interview, George Santos claimed that his grandparents had survived the Holocaust. He said they fled during World War II and changed their name, subsequently their religion too, to remain safe. On Fox News, he restated his story saying, for a lot of people who are, who are descendants, uh, descendants of, World of World War II refugees or survivors of the Holocaust, a lot of names and paperwork were changed in, in name of survival. So I don't carry the family last name that would have been Zabrowski. Which is all very true. And this very much did happen. The problem is that it doesn't seem like it happened in his family. 
Instead, according to genealogy records, there is no sign of Jewish and or Ukrainian heritage in Santos's lineage. The records actually show that his grandparents were born in Brazil and were always Catholic. And that brings us to yet another lie, the part where he claims he's Jewish, which he isn't. And that's horrific to hear, especially after knowing that Jewish organizations put their support behind him. So let's review thus far. He's not a college graduate. He's never worked for Wall Street. He's not Jewish in any way. His mom likely didn't die or even experience 9-11 and he never played volleyball, which is clearly the biggest lie here. In all seriousness, it's truly one of the least important, but it's just so random that I have to keep including it. There's also some speculation that he may have been running a GoFundMe scheme under the guise of a fundraiser for veterans dying dogs. Also, I wanna just add more heat to the flame here, but there are also some rumors flourishing that he's lying about being gay. Now, the news came out that he had divorced a woman in 2019. This is interesting since he said on his campaign trail that he never had an issue with his sexual identity in the past decade. Some claim that his marriage could have been for immigration purposes, but who truly knows? It gets even more confusing after news came out that shows him allegedly dressed in drag in Brazil. This is all types of ironic considering his Republican buddy's shitty views on drag. Now, I'm not here to question someone's sexuality. I could truly give a fuck. I just feel that I had to bring it up because it's another rumor flying around. Do with it what you will. But basically everything on his resume is completely made up. He had tricked everyone, including his fundraisers and everyone that supported him along with his political journey. And you might be thinking, wow, that's pretty bad, but it can't get much worse, right? Well, fun fact, it can. If someone is willing to lie about their entire background, they're probably willing to do a lot more shady shit and good old Georgie Poo is no exception. If all of this was a lie, then what's the truth? Well, we don't exactly know, but we do know one thing. George Santos wasn't working on Wall Street. He was working on a Ponzi scheme. Oh yeah, and he may have committed tax fraud in Brazil too. The con man fraudster congressman. There is so much going on here. So let's start to unpack. Currently at Harbor City Capital, I manage a $1.5 billion fund, right? And I know how to manage it well. I give record returns um, to anybody who watches this. They'll understand I'm, I'm giving you know, a 12% fixed yield income. So if George Santos or truly whoever the hell he is, wasn't actually working on Wall Street before he made up his entire resume and came into politics, what has he been doing? Well, nothing good. For starters, it seems like he was pretty heavily involved in something that was very illegal. It's a little something called Harbor City Capital and the company was allegedly an investment firm, but the SEC found that they may have just been something else, a massive Ponzi scheme. According to the complaint, Harbor City had allegedly ripped off over $6 million from its investors. And despite having $17.1 million in investments from its clients, it only allocated about 449,000 of that to business expenses. Meanwhile, the founder was running around living the high life, buying a Mercedes, racking up an insane $1.35 million in credit card expenses, and of course, dropping a couple mil on home renovations. And where was Mr. Santos while this was going on? Well, he was actually the regional director of the company. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty high up there. A job that would reasonably mean that you actually knew what was going on, right? Now, I am of course just speculating, but according to Santos, he had absolutely no clue what was happening in Harbor City Capital. In fact, he said he wasn't even the regional director, despite that being on his own damn campaign webpage. Apparently though, he was just an account manager. He had no real power. Sure, George, sure. 
Oh yeah, and never mind the fact that Harbor City has just completely disappeared from his resume altogether now. Just a random little quirky, silly, goofy coincidence, right? And that doesn't seem suspicious at all in his eyes apparently, but according to him, he was distraught and disturbed when he heard the news. Oh yeah, I think I forgot to mention that the same founder who allegedly stole millions of dollars also said that Santos was a close friend and a perfect fit for the company. But yeah, he was so shocked about what happened. Totally believable, but let's continue. Now let's go on with this idea that we're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, even though he does not deserve it in the slightest. Maybe he really didn't know it was a Ponzi scheme. However, there was something that he definitely should have known. And that was the fact that the company wasn't even properly registered as a financial services company. Whether he was an executive or an account manager, he probably should have known that information. At least if he has any type of brain whatsoever. Maybe I'm assuming too much. Maybe the brain cells just aren't clicking in his mind. Oh yeah. And one more pesky little detail while we're here. I can't quite think of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah. Recent news came out that he used money from that very Ponzi scheme to fund his own damn campaign, about $700,000 worth to be exact. We can only expect this aspect of the Santos story to get even more dramatic as the SEC continues with their investigation. But with Santos, there's always more. See, after the Harbor City news broke, Santos decided to create his own organization, which he named Devolder Organization LLC. Ironically, it's run by D&D International Investment Services, which just so happens to be run by Harbor City CFO, Devon James. According to Santos, at first, the DeVolder organization was a family firm that managed asset allocations of $80 million. Now, we have no idea how he or his family would have the capital to do this, but here we are all the same. Later, he described the organization as a place set up to help all the people who are left adrift by Harbor City. Once again, We don't know which is true and it's not very shocking. The one thing we do know is that the DeVolder organization doesn't seem to have any capital whatsoever. There's no assets, no property, at least none that the New York Times or anyone else for that matter could find. In fact, all of Santos's supposed wealth seems to be just missing. If he has any money, it appeared out of thin air. Maybe that's not so shocking when you find out that this scheme isn't the first that Santos has even been involved in. It recently came out that the Brazilian authorities were planning to reopen a case against the congressman on fraud accusations. But why had it been closed? Did they not have enough evidence? No, it's because they couldn't find him. Then this silly little goofy bean went and ran for Congress and ding, 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 alarm bells for Brazilian authorities. See, according to their court records, when Santos was 19 years old, he walked into a clothing store in Brazil and spent about $700 under a stolen checkbook and a fake name. Later, he even admitted to the crime and told the shop owner, I know I screwed up. Then he and his mother told the police what happened. By the time the charges were approved, he was already gone and in the United States living in Queens. Even though he has confessed to the crime multiple times, he now denies it ever happened. He's not a criminal, he claims, but he sure sounds like one. But hey, it was just $700. It's not that big of a deal, right? But even if we just casually let the Brazil case go, he still has a lot to answer for in regards to his finances, particularly how he financed his campaign, because of course, that's shady as hell too. And more questions and answers stemming from the Santos campaign's amended financial disclosures, which appear to now more complicate than clarify how he and his campaign earn money. All as calls grow on both sides of the aisle and in Santos's own district for him to resign. I have no comment for you on that. I have no clue what you're talking about, man. 
As the news continues to come rolling in about good old George or Anthony or Bob or whatever the hell his name is, one thing has become abundantly clear. He seems to really love lying and he's pretty good at it. Even if that means lying about how his campaign was even financed. Recently, Accountable, which is a US watchdog organization, decided it was time to file a complaint to the FEC or the Federal Election Commission. And they alleged that the New York Republicans campaign had been misusing funds for personal use and accepted excessive contributions. According to the organization's complaint, Santos had accepted over $100,000 in contributions from about 36 individuals. Each one well exceeds the $2,900 election limit. Oh, and if that wasn't bad enough, he was also using that money, allegedly of course, to pay for rent and travel, something that's actually very against election laws. And it also throws a wrench into the whole rich guy vibe, because if you have all this supposed money, why are you stealing from your already illegal campaign funds? Just asking for a friend which is me, I'm the friend, I'm asking. And again, if this was the only claim, it might be kind of easy to brush it aside because politics as a whole is pretty corrupt. Like, let's be honest here, right? Most of Congress pretty much needs to be investigated for how they earn and use their money. But with Santos, there's always so much more. In yet another complaint filed by the Campaign Legal Center, which is a nonpartisan watchdog group in New York, his personal contribution, you know, the one alleged from a Ponzi scheme that he definitely didn't know about ever was brought into question. According to the CLC complaint, Santos had, and I quote, violated federal campaign finance laws by engaging in a straw donor scheme to knowingly and willfully conceal the true sources of $705,000 that Santos purported to loan to his campaign. Let me put this in simpler terms, right? They're basically accusing him of money laundering. But again, it's allegedly, but, Like, come on, are we even attempting to put anything past this man at this point? Then of course, there's also Redstone Strategies, which is allegedly an independent expenditure group that raised an exorbitant amount of money for his campaign. Only there's no record of this group ever existing. They aren't registered as a political group and there's no records of their donors, their contributions or their spending, which is a bit suspicious and weird. Oh yeah, and fun fact, guess who's one of the managing officers of that group? That's right, it's the DeVolder organization. You know, the same group that Santos created out of thin air, apparently. Santos also seems to have directly worked with them to solicit donations by sending out emails, which it's trying to be a super PAC, which is a political action committee, and that would break all sorts of rules. In addition, the rules are also broken if they're not truly registered and they don't have records of their donors. So again, very suspicious, but again, As each new accusation comes out, Santos continues to deny everything and even tries to throw back some insults saying that at least he didn't take any money from China, Ukraine, or Burisma. Ooh, sick burn, bro. But do you know where some of that money might've actually come from? Russian oligarchs. You're right, George, so much better. Now, according to the Daily Beast, the con man, I'm so sorry, congressman, has received money from one of Russia's most notorious oligarchs money managers to the tune of over $50,000. This is just a hair concerning, considering this is the same man who called Ukraine a totalitarian regime. Now, as he was making horrid statement after horrid statement about the Russian invasion, including saying that Ukrainians had welcomed them, money was appearing in his bank account from a powerful Russian oligarch. Nothing screams bias quite like that. But again, that's just my silly little goofy pyramid opinion. And of course, keep in mind, this has all pretty much come out in one month. So there's still a lot to talk about and likely more that will come out as time goes on. But for the time being, there are quite a few investigations that are being brought to the center of this chaotic situation and maybe it'll help us get some answers. Meanwhile, the members of Congress don't seem to really know what to think or do, and maybe the investigations can help alter their minds. 
let's take a look. And before we continue on to discuss some of these reactions and the investigations, I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick moment to place today's sponsors here because honestly, my head hurts from all of this. So I need a moment to breathe and I'm sure you do too. Gentle reminder for the new year. Make sure to check in with yourself before offering help to someone else. Rest when you need to rest and ask for what you need and say yes to more things that make you feel good. Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And hey, if maybe that's not your vibe at the current moment, Dipsy also has soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and even sexy stories that you can read. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day trial when you go to dipsystories.com MLM. Again, that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com MLM dipsystories.com slash MLM. And are you looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Well, cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You're gonna love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up restaurant quality meals right from your own kitchen. That's why HelloFresh makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. And with HelloFresh, eating well in the new year can be stress-free and delicious. With over 35 weekly recipes, they have the options you're looking for to help you achieve your goals. And HelloFresh's festive fair collection features limited time recipes made with seasonal produce and premium proteins. So you can get the most out of the post-holiday slump with these elevated winter classics. So if you're ready to get started, make sure you go to hellofresh.com MLM21 and use code MLM21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again, make sure you go to hellofresh.com slash MLM21 and use code MLM21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Now, when a tidal wave of stories appears saying that you pretty much lied about every aspect of your life to get yourself elected, there are bound to be some pretty strong reactions and inevitably investigations. And almost immediately after the news came spiraling in that Santos was definitely not who he said he was, Democrats started calling for him to step down. Keep in mind, of course, that all of this happened before he was even sworn in. It should come as no surprise that many politicians were concerned about the precedent. What message is it sending to people if we allow someone who so blatantly lied about their resume to take office? If we let Santos take his seat, will other people spontaneously appear who embellish to get elected too? As Hakeem ticked off all of the different investigative agencies who are looking at George Santos, the only one that appears not to be looking at George Santos is the House Republican Speaker. Yeah, and Kevin McCarthy uh, is saying, you know, let the House Ethics Committee do its work. One representative, Eric Stallwell, even went as far as saying that Santos had committed fraud by lying to his voters in Long Island, which to be honest, isn't that kind of exactly what he did? I feel like faking an identity is a type of fraud, but just as an opinion, since according to him, he merely embellished. I'm not sure how making up an entire college background and work history is embellishment, but apparently I don't know anything about politics. Redneck voter Jody Kess Finkel has launched a bipartisan petition. We got a con man, we got a liar, we got a charlatan. Holding Pinocchio figures. Meanwhile, people from his congressional district have started to speak out. You know, the same people he lied to to get their votes. Jewish folks in Long Island aren't all that thrilled that Santos seemed to embellish or completely make up a Jewish heritage. 
He also claimed he had the support of a highly respected Jewish Democrat when he really didn't. Of course, he also claimed that his grandparents survived the Holocaust, which according to his family history, they absolutely did not. Using this type of lie to garner sympathy and votes is disgusting. And now many people are speaking out. A Jewish state Senator, Anna Kaplan said that the Jews, quote, are owed an apology for his reprehensible lies about his non-existent Jewish faith and his complete false connect to the Holocaust. Civilians went to protest at a courthouse and one person said it was the first protest they had been to since Vietnam. Even the Republican leaders within his district are calling for him to step down, which is a lot more than I can say for most Republicans in the house. Back in Nassau County, the chair, Joseph Cairo Jr. said, his lies were not mere fibs. He disgraced the House of Representatives. He's not welcome here at Republican headquarters. But even with all of the public outrage, George Santos is refusing to do what's right. And I know, color me shocked. I'm so amazed at this turn of events. Even less shocking is the fact that most Republicans are standing steadfastly by his side. The barely newly elected Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, had decided not to call for Santos's removal and told the American public that he was going to stick by the constitution. I don't believe anything in the constitution says you can't kick someone out for lying to voters, but again, what do I know? Either way, McCarthy will not bring up the vote, which would call for two thirds of the House to expel Santos. And even if he did call it, it's unlikely it would reach the two thirds votes required as other Republicans are backing up their fellow liar. I mean, fellow congressmen, whoops. Matt Gates, who has his own damn problems, like, I don't know, a sex trafficking investigation within the Department of Justice, said that Santos deserves his chance to make his case. Don't worry, Gates, I'm sure he'll get the chance because the investigations against him are starting to pile up. Now, we already know about the one in Brazil. I'm very excited to learn what happens with that shit show. But then there are some right here at home that relates to his near constant lying. Federal prosecutors are currently combing through Santos's finances to figure out what exactly is going on there. Since we truly have no idea where his money came from or what was truly happening with his campaign finances, they're trying to bring us some answers. Meanwhile, lawmakers in his state are also pledging to investigate what's going on. The Nassau County District Attorney, Ann T. Donnelly, is looking into investigating Santos and says the voters deserve the truth and that no one is above the law. The New York Attorney General's office is also joining in on the fun and is said to be looking into a number of issues with Santos. Others are desperately trying to get the House Ethics Committee to jump on board. And that would be all well and good, but the calls are coming at the exact same time that Republicans just so happen to be weakening the Ethics Committee. Can you imagine why they would want to do that? Hmm, dumbfounded. So here's the thing though. If the House Ethics Committee really wants to do anything, they need to do it kind of like now, but they're dragging their feet. Time is ticking and the new rules for the committee are waiting in the wings. And we really only have so much time to conduct an investigation. And if they do, and they find him guilty under the current rules, they have a few disciplinarian options. They can make him pay some fines or they can recommend that he's expelled from Congress, which is extremely rare, but so is this entire situation if we're being fair. Now, despite all that's going on and all that's happening, there's one question I feel like no one has answered yet. How the hell did this even happen? How did someone that lied about their entire resume and essentially their entire life even find their way into Congress in the first place? Usually it's pretty standard for someone to be vetted before their campaign. A lot of the time they're vetted by their own team. Basically, they just try to find anything problematic that they would need to keep away from or that could come and be you know, popped up during the course of the campaign. So when his team ran this investigation, some of them were apparently so alarmed that they attempted to convince him to step down. Obviously, as we can tell, their pleas went unheard and Santos disputed a lot of their supposed findings, so he pushed on. Unfortunately, this was his own team. 
So it's not like they set off alarm bells to the rest of the world yet. They just kept quiet, at least that's definitely what it seems like. So this brings me to a very important question. Why the fuck are we not vetting politicians better? If someone is lying about their entire life, we should probably know that type of information. We should probably go beyond the average criminal background check if we're talking about people that have control over our citizens' lives. If he's able to lie about his entire background, what else does he have the potential to lie about? What else would he be willing to do? And more importantly, what about the next person? Maybe we should be looking just a hair deeper. And some people are thinking about introducing new rules to do just that. But again, a great suggestion, but I'm just a silly little goofy pyramid. In the meantime, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the con man in Congress. I'm not entirely optimistic that he'll be kicked out by Congress itself, unless of course he is convicted of a crime. So unfortunately, it's entirely possible that he'll be around for the next two years, which is definitely a disturbing thought. Maybe next election, let's make sure people aren't blatantly lying about who they are. Let's have some people who aren't accused of fraud or haven't allegedly been involved in a Ponzi scheme. Just a silly little idea, but I guess unfortunately, we'll just have to wait and see. But hey, with all of that being said, that is just my opinion and thoughts on today's topic, of course, the lovely George Santos. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section down below if you're listening over here on the youtube.coms. I wanna thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. I know there's a million and a half things you could be doing in this world, yet you chose to keep this kind of 20 to 30 minutes here with me. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Delusions of grandeur. Like he, he would just go to bars with, you know, like rolls of hundred dollar bills. And, you know, three days later he would have no money or